Welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, the podcast that takes an episode of Black Mirror and, as it says, cast reflections. Your host for this next, what should we say, Dan, 30 minutes to, to an hour? I think that should cover it. <laughs> We've never time boxed it before. Yeah, let's do, let's do 30 yeah. minutes to an hour. Yeah. I told you I change the intro every week. We've done this, what? This is uh, 10 episodes. No, it's more than that. It's probably about 15 episodes in, isn't it? Uh, yeah, still- and do, do you know what I'm very impressed by? Is obviously it's a slightly different intro to your normal casting views uh, podcast, and you've never done it wrong once. You've always said the right the right word in, so I am impressed by that. So well done. Oh, in my head and the magic of editing, but in my head, I, keep, <laughs> I, I think it's the fact I have to keep saying, "Don't say it, don't say it." <laughs> do you know the weird thing is, right? No, I've never got these two mixed up. But when I've hosted the Just Football podcast, the amount of times I've almost said casting views on the Just Football one is unreal. That, that I can't get my head around anyway you've got me dan and the other voice you're hearing is dan s as always before we get into this week's episode i was listening back and when i was editing the last episode san junipero i just kept laughing every time we got to the bit where um it got to the score and you were so quick to kind of like point out that like i had a 10 and then rode back on it and it was just brilliant yeah. hearing the excitement in your voice when you were able to point out that I, I rode back on a score yeah, and I, I think you've you maybe learnt your lesson a little bit this week because you've given me zero feedback on this episode until now. So you're keeping your well, cards close to your chest. Yeah, yeah. So we'll tell you what, I normally have a lot of things about the episode, but I'm going to save that till afterwards because I think a lot of the things we're going to say or anything around the episode is kind of really spoilers. So we are discussing series three, episode five, Men Against Fire. So obviously spoilers for that one. It aired with the rest of Series 3 on Netflix on the 21st of October 2016. The episode stars Malachi Kirby as Stripe, uh, Madeline Brewer as Hunter Raymond, Ariana Labed as Katrina, Sarah Snook as Medina, and Michael Kelly as Arquette. Now, it's one of those names that you might not necessarily know, but he's in everything. This this guy's in everything. When I looked at his IMDb, he's literally has been in, in everything and in anything, so... The main character you're talking about? No, no, you know the psychiatrist kind of guy at the end. Oh yeah, he was in um, House of Cards, um, wasn't he? With one of Kevin Spacey. Um, you've disappeared off my screen. Sorry, I had to plug my la- my, my laptop wasn't plugged in. <laughs> oh, I, I, was, I was just worried you had fainted or something. I was about to call out to see if anyone else was in the house. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no House of Cards. You're right. He was in that. He was also in, let's have a look. Well, we know he's in Black Mirror because that's what we're discussing. He was in Man of Steel and Now You See Me. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a good film as well. Criminal Minds, uh, Law Abiding Citizen, Law and Order, Fringe. Yeah, he's, so he's been, in, he's been in loads of things. He's one of those people that when you see him, you, you know him because you've absolutely yeah. seen him. He was in Unbreakable. He was in Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Anyway, we're not, this isn't a, uh, an episode about him specifically. And the only other thing I've got here was the, ep- the episode was filmed in 18 days. So it's very different feel from San Junipero, isn't it? <laughs> this yeah. episode. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Before we do start speaking, I'll, I'll probably say with, well, I feel like I'm doing this a little bit on the fly today because I only watched it an hour ago. 
before before recording, I have made no notes. So this is all coming from, from memory. So I'm glad so, that you're doing a description today. Oh, and I was just about to hand it over to you. So you should be mm-hmm. you should be full of all the facts now then. <laughs> right. So yeah, so tell you what, let's let's just get straight into it. And then I think this has got a lot probably a lot more talking points around it. So starts off with is a dream sequence. So the main guy, Stripe, is dreaming about this woman gets woken up by a colleague and you can see they're in like an army base aren't they it's it's like um a unit of of soldiers and you hear about um a local i think it's like a local camp or a local village has been attacked and food stores etc have been looted by roaches so that's all we know at the moment so they all start heading out and the main character is is told you know i think it's the raymond she goes to him oh you're going to go on your first roach hunt as they, they're getting into a vehicle and i marked out here technology because they've got um when they get to the camp they've got a cool voice translator haven't they yeah which is cool but also i felt a little bit annoying <laughs> as well <laughs> why annoying why annoying i don't know because it just it's almost like echoing their voices um, and i know it's translating different words but yeah. i don't know it got my back up and i can't tell you why but I think it was Danish and, and the soldiers are, you know, the, the, the army are American. So it's translating real time what the people are saying. So they get to the camp. You can see it's been ransacked. The people are, that are living there are saying that it was the roaches that ransacked them. And anything that's left food wise, no one will eat it because the roaches have been near it. So they then, um, and I can't remember now what why they got, the lead i think somebody said it but they've got a name of someone called heidecker to go see someone called heidecker who may have information on the roaches they start going and this is where i had another bit of technology pop up and then i think i stopped it because i realized there's quite a lot of technology in this episode i'm just, i'm so used to episodes where there hasn't been that much they're at a building and and they're flying a drone aren't they and they've got something in the eye like a, a contact lens aren't they and they're seeing through the drone yeah it's similar to um Similar to the technology they use when they were uh, entire history of you or something, wasn't it? Where they yeah. they kind of their eyes yeah. kind of glazed over, and then they're watching something yeah. else, and they're watching what the drone is seeing, and then also then they see a map of the building, don't they? Like a virtual map of uh, the area. Yeah, well, I think this is it. Cause they find the house, and one soldier is told to move in with something called a boomer, and I think what that is is a yeah, it fires like a sticky tracker I think onto the building and then absolutely like you said they're able to then see the whole what's the word like blueprint of the of yeah. the building weren't they and able yeah. to plan their entrance into it so they knock on the door and Heidecker opens and this was the guy again I can't remember his name now the, the actor but I think he's a British guy and he's been in everything as well he's one of those ones that if you I think he was in EastEnders years ago so he, he was in about 20 episodes of EastEnders so that just shows when he kind of like started and how prolific he's been that he's been in loads that he's, he's one of those faces that you'll recognize they move in and the captain who i think is medina she is interviewing slash interrogating heidecker and the rest of them are moving in the house searching for potentially for roaches one guy asks where they are the roaches and he says um you know i don't know i don't know and then the leader says to him that he's a good man and that's why he's protecting the roaches. She said she said a few things, didn't she? Like um, she's trying to make out that this guy is looking after him because he's a human and he cares. Um, but it's, it's important for the human race that 
almost like these roaches become extinct. Um, otherwise, there will be no life. Yeah, that's it, because you're saying the sickness they're carrying, if they don't stop them in 20 years' time, the kids will still be born that way, and then they breed and the sickness yeah. continues. Now, this then was the first point where I thought potentially, because I, I don't remember this episode at all, I thought they still might have been, might have been like an alien. Like there's a, a TV program, um, War of the Worlds, and I, I think in that there are these weird like robotic slash, like what's it, not cyborg, but... I thought maybe it might still be aliens or something like that. But now you get the knowledge that it is humans that they're after. So while they're having this conversation in the kitchen, the others find a hidden passage, which they, they say it's a roach nest. They go in and then as they enter, they see these people, well, they see some figures and they're like, um, I didn't know how to describe them. They're like zombies. I, I put zombie, but they're not. Did you ever watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. Oh, you didn't. They kind of look like the people when they turned into yeah, the vampires, yeah. but they're grotesque looking, aren't they? They're yeah, yeah. sort of shrieking these horrible sounds. They kind of look like monsters from horror films. So Stripe is going in. There's two of them. They start to attack. We kind of see, it's very subtle, but they've got these, they look like detonators in their hands, aren't they? And they're trying to click those. So they kill a couple of them. And then Stripe is... Quite a gruesome scene, isn't it? Stabs one of them. He grapples one to the floor and then starts stabbing him. Yeah, yeah. There, there was one he felt. There was one he felt was self defense, wasn't there? Um, and then yeah, a couple he just killed. Was it three he killed or was it two? I can't remember. It was, uh, it was but, two. It was two. Yeah. yeah. So Stripe picks up the device and we hear this loud white noise sound, and then cuts back to the. The room where Heidecker is and the captain of the unit and Hunter, she's there. And this was the one Easter egg I had. She's singing that song from 15 Million Merits. Oh, I'd never have got that in a million years. <laughs> well done. <laughs> that song keeps cropping up, doesn't it? So yeah. I can't remember now. It's definitely it was 15 Million Merits. Then it was in, um, I think it was in... It might have been in San Junipero. Anyway, but yeah, it's about the third episode since then it's been in. As they're all in there... Stripe hears a sound again. They take Heidecker with them. And as they leave, they burn the house down to destroy all the evidence of it. And, and as they're going out, that I think the one thing I need to say that I hadn't stressed is Hunter, she is really kind of like, she is so sort of enthusiastic about being in the army and killing and going on these yeah. hunts, isn't she? And and when they were back in the house before I burnt, burnt it down, he also showed a bit of emotion. I don't know if emotion's a right word, but he was he kind of reacted when she said he was gonna she was gonna shoot the man to to silence him and she he reacted to that. It was like, oh you can't do that sort of thing. And also there was an element of letting the bird free, wasn't there, before they burnt the house down. Yeah, that's right. He, yeah. he took a bird out and released it. So it began to show hints of actually this guy isn't a killing machine like she was, whereas yeah. she was everything kill, 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 whereas he wasn't. Yeah. Oh, she's very uh, bloodthirsty, isn't she? And yeah, and, and he's not because she was like getting really jealous because then when she when he said he killed two, she was like quite jealous that he got two yeah. on his first the first hunt so that night they go back and i think they say oh you're going to dream well and and he dreams of the woman again doesn't he that, yeah. that same woman from the start but we see we hear that noise and she's glitching isn't she yeah when, when he's dreaming and then we see a very quick scene but of some blood so i couldn't see what it was but just as he's dreaming there's like a shot of blood everywhere so it's the next day where again just the thing about 
Hunter and him, they, they're at a shooting range, aren't they? To kind of sharpen up the senses. And she, again, she's very much into the guns, isn't she? And and getting getting a good score. And again, this is where that tech shows them an accuracy counter, doesn't it? It shows them, I think, how many bullets they fired and what their percentage rate is. Yeah. So when Stripe gets his go, he hears the sound again and it affects him. And then continually through the day, they're, they're doing some workouts, aren't they? I think they're doing press-ups and he hears it and it affects him. So he goes to sickbay where they basically run diagnostics on him. So there's a number of tests through the implant. And this was quite cool, wasn't it? So whereas now we go to a doctor and they're saying, or, or you know when you go to an optician and it's like, do the letters look clearer like this or like this with one or two and which size clearer? There they were putting like images in front of him, like I think it was a tree with apples on and they were asking him to touch the apples, weren't they? Yeah. And so it's actually proper gauging their, their reaction. The doctor says he's fine, can't find anything wrong with his mass implant. And I think this is where we find out for the first time, the name of what they've got in them. The doctor chalks it up to potentially post-combat effects, almost like, I guess, trauma, isn't it? Yeah. But the doctor says, you know, because Stripe still seems quite affected, the the doctor says, tell you what, I'm going to send you to see someone called Arquette. Now, I wrote down at first that he just appears to be like some sort of counsellor. And I've got that because you see that in all the films, don't you, in TV programmes, when like someone in the police force shoots someone, they go to see a counsellor, don't they? Yeah. Now, the counsellor asks him about the kills and he seems surprised or he kind of takes a step back, doesn't he, when Stripe calls the roacher he, when he's he's explaining what happened, he says he. And again, you get the sense then that Arquette was a bit annoyed at that. Or not annoyed, but concerned at that bit. And then after a brief chat, Arquette sends him away saying to get a good sleep, you're going to get real good sleep tonight. And again, so knowing what we know at the end, you know that they're trying to control i think they were going to try to force him into a sleep weren't they and also in in that council council session that's the right word you also made the point of asking the question what did you feel when you when you killed those two roaches did you, did, yeah. did you feel emotional or anything like that what emotions were you feeling and he made a you know he made a point of saying yeah it's fine he, he kind of like almost laughed often he goes yeah i shot one and then one was in self-defense so i felt nothing but he was also a little bit taken aback by that, I think, as well, whether you might have been expected or looking for a different answer. So after that, the next scene is, again, you see the dream of the woman, but this time she's naked and they appear to be having sex. And I say appear because it's in first person, so you can't see. But but then it's weird, isn't it? A hand, he puts a hand on his face and then there's multiple versions of the women in the room, isn't there? I think three? No, then it's more. I think it starts off with three. Then there's more of these yeah. women, the same woman all around. But then they start glitching. So he wakes up and he looks across at his team who are sleeping and they're making odd movements with their hands, aren't they? Similar to what he was making before he woke up. I don't know if you clocked that, but he no, was making the same. That. Yeah, so when it showed him asleep and dreaming, it might have been even at the beginning, he was making similar sort of hand movements. There was someone. I didn't realise it was him, but I do remember that now. Yeah. yeah, it's like weird, almost like clicking with their fingers kind of thing, isn't yeah. it? Or glitching, I would say, yeah. So the next day we find out that they've learned the location of a place where roaches are from Heidecker. Hunter again talks about wanting to destroy the whole forest. So again, it just shows how she is very thirsty for, for war and, and destruction. As they're prepping for the attack, Stripe glitches again. And then he starts pulling grass out, doesn't he? Which is obviously really weird. And he's yeah. sniffing it. 
And he says that he can smell the grass and he goes, we can't usually smell anything. Why can I smell the grass? Which again, feels weird. And then just at that point, they come under sniper fire and Medina, the leader gets killed by a sniper. They then infiltrate the building looking for roaches and they find the remains of electrical components and a plan for building that device that Stripe found that emitted the white noise. They move through the building, don't they? And they find a woman who Stripe lets go. And then as she goes into the doorway to say thank you, we see her off screen. She gets shot and killed by Hunter, doesn't she, uh, Raymond? Then they find more uh, roaches and then the firefight breaks out. But we see there's a human on the floor. Or we're in the room with Stripe and he sees a human. And then, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, this is then when I worked out exactly kind of what was going on. I think this was the key scene to kind of hitting home what was happening. Yeah, and I, I think to me it was quite clear, even to a bit before where we let the human go and then the human got shot, I felt like it's quite clear that those two people, Hunter and the other one, forgetting the code names now, you're so much right, better. Stripe the is the guy. And, and, yeah, and, Stripe, Stripe and Hunter, it was quite clear that Stripe and Hunter were seeing these people differently to each other. But do you know what I thought, though? That bit there, I still hadn't clocked it. I thought it was just that uh, Hunter, now the leader's gone. I thought it was that she saw it as somebody was associated with them. So because uh, I think she wanted to kill like that Heidecker at the start, didn't she? I think they, yeah. she would have done that. So, but yeah, so, so anyway, so they're on the floor, the stripes on the floor. He sees humans and it looks like now to him, Hunter is killing humans. So as she goes to kill a woman and a child, because there's a, a woman, I assume it's a woman and her son, Stripes stops her. They struggle. He knocks her out, and as she's falling, she she shoots him. I don't think she intended to. I couldn't work out if she intended to, but either way, he gets shot. Stripe then escapes with the mother and child, and while Hunter regains consciousness, she wakes up, and I think she then goes after him, but Stripe passes out. So Stripe is in then a vehicle with the woman and the kid, and he passes out. He wakes up in a building, and the woman says, you see me as I am. And the woman then explains that the mass implant they put into the soldiers makes them better fighters and makes them see people as these roaches. The devices that they were making were to try to interfere with the signals. And he then says, if that's true, why do locals also act afraid of roaches? And she says they're hated because of what they are told. So basically they're told to hate these people, so they do. She explains that 10 years ago, something happened in the world where her people were described as having a sickness and ultimately called roaches. He gets caught by Hunter, who's finally caught up with him. And we then see him in a room with Arquette, who apologises at first for not being more understanding of what he was saying to the doctor about having these glitches. He says the device transmits something into the brain of soldiers to make them think differently. And it's and and this is then, it's like the final 10 minutes is just so much information overload. And this is where the whole episode is packed in, isn't it? He says... He says that humans ultimately don't want to kill people or their en- their enemy and that ultimately humans are empathetic. He says most soldiers won't fire their weapon or wouldn't fire their weapons, sorry, or they used to fire over enemy heads. And I think it was said that in World War II, only 15 to 20% of people actually fired their weapons. Yeah, he, he, he said it in, uh, uh, sorry to jump in at this point, but I found this the most interesting bit of the entire episode to the point where I'm glad I watched this episode for this speech. But he said, in the First World War, 
the majority of soldiers deliberately missed when they fired. They would fire over soldiers' heads and, and deliberately miss. Then he said in the Second World War, 20% of men didn't fire. So it's almost like there's a, a little bit of improvement on how to kill a person. No, in the Second World War, it's 15 to 20% did. That was all. Yeah, sorry, that's, sorry yeah, I yeah. said that wrong. Yeah. yeah, 15 to 20% could fire a rifle. And then he said by the Vietnam War, it raised to 80%. Uh, got to that and at this point this is the only point of the episode where I thought I'm going to have to Google that so I paused it and, and looked it up and there's, there's, there's articles online about it and it, I found that fascinating because it's like it's almost like we've uh, it's, well, I think this is a bad thing but we've evolved as a species to get better at war and it just yeah. it blew my mind <laughs> Well, well, this is it, and I'll come on to it afterwards. But yeah, so so as you said, yeah, First World War, they missed on purpose 15 to 20% in the Second World War. So he goes, what does that tell you? He said, what it tells me is if the army had got their, their act together, together, that war yeah. would, yeah, that war would have been over a lot quicker. So we said, so what did they do? They focused on training and training and training. And so he said, by the time the Vietnam War came around, 85% of people shot and there were bullets flying everywhere, but it still wasn't that accurate and he said and those that did kill people came back deeply affected yeah and and, and that was then that yeah for me the key bit in that bit so he said the mass system was invented to help people be better fighters and overcome their empathy to see the enemies as monsters so basically yeah these, these implants made people look hideous but even more so and this is where it then links back to the scene with the grass it cut out their sense of smell so they couldn't smell the blood and the excrement yeah. of, of people, but also it affected their sound as well. So they didn't hear screams; they heard it as shrieking and, and and like almost like alien-like shrieking, wasn't it? So he starts getting angry. Stripe starts getting angry, doesn't he? Say, no, no, I don't want to do this, you know. And then he says, but you knew all about this. You knew all about this. And then they show him a video, don't don't they, of when he's like just a kid. It looked not a kid, but you know, just. Not but a soldier, had, clearly. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if you clocked it, but he said that video that was only taken that was six months before it happened, so it hadn't actually happened that long long ago. But he'd obviously soldiered up, so he looked a bit quite a lot different. But I think the video, the application of a video, was only taken six months before. That's true. Actually, I didn't realize it was six months because he does look like two different people, doesn't he? Yeah, and he acts he acts differently as well. He's like a, he he does seem like an immature kid in the video, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And in the video, they're saying basically they they tell him exactly what they're going to do to him. And part of it is they're also going to brainwash them so they don't realize that they have had this done to them. Yeah. So, and he signs up for it. He goes, yep, you know, yep, I'm good for it. Let's do it. He's then angry. He starts to go for, I think he like smashes a laptop and he's almost like, it looks like he's going to start to go for Arquette and Arquette pushes a button and basically forces him to see the scene where he killed the two roaches at the start, but with the mask off, isn't it? I struggle to watch that. <laughs> I always like, really I feel like gruesome. I feel like I felt like I think I need to turn away. I don't, I don't think, I, and, and you know, it's weird, isn't it? Because I can, um, I've obviously seen people get shot on films and stories, and seen some really gruesome scenes, but I don't know if just seeing it through his eyes. Just yeah. made it feel very real, and I thought, oh, I don't like so it was this. First I can't, person, I can't watch. wasn't it? First person, yeah. yeah. But this yeah, time, it was difficult. Yeah, this time we're seeing it as as they are, they, they, as normal people. Now, what basically Arquette is saying, he goes, he's got two options. He can either, if he refuses to cooperate, he can either stay in a cell day in day out, 
and they will replay him because he said, we control what you see. Basically, he said it, we control what you see, and he would make him replay that over and over. Or he could potentially have his system reset. Now, I'll, I'll explain the ending first, and then we'll, t we'll talk about it because I needed to watch it again just before we started. Because I'm glad you're going to explain the ending because I don't quite know well, what happened. I say, but... like, when, I, well, when I say explain the ending, I'll say what happened, right? So, so after that, we then see Stripe getting out of a car. He's in his military uniform, isn't he? He's going to like, we, we think he's going home. They see a lovely house and you see the silhouette of a woman in the house. And as he gets up closer to the house, there is a quick bit where I clocked it, but you see the house nice and the woman that he's dreaming of comes out and it focuses on his face and there's a tear running down his face, isn't it? And then when you see the house properly, it's a derelict house, isn't there? That woman's not there and it's a derelict house. Oh, is it? Yeah. I'm going to need to go and rewatch it. I watch it I now. must have... I missed that. Was it after the credits or was it before the credits? No, no, no. It was before the credits. It was before the credits. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Sorry. Yeah, there was like graffiti on it. There was graffiti on it and stuff like that. Now... That, that's how it ends, you know, with a tear tear down his, his face. So I was going to ask you, what did you see or what did you think? <laughs> well, considering you've just found out, but or I've only just found out what the ending was, I because I'd naturally assumed he had decided that he was going to live with his crimes and not have his memory wiped, and he's just gone back home to his wife, and I assumed this, this girl was his wife that he'd obviously been dreaming about at night. But now you've said that, it makes me thinking that's not the ending at all. And if anyone's listening to this, you know, when you've listened to this, do tweet us. But there's something, something I thought or something I saw was that, you know, where he's dreaming of this woman yeah. is that they are doing that intentionally. It is, a, is another form of control. So it's almost like they're giving these people the satisfaction. So they're during the day, they are fighting 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 and at night they're giving them this dream this person to keep them all so relaxed yeah, yeah now i thought the option was that he could either be locked up or basically they would almost like brainwash him again to go home but i think what what i think i've subsequently seen and and then read is that he agreed to stay in the program they reset that bit so he doesn't remember and they maybe sent him home on leave but it's not real but the fact he's crying makes me think that he still there's still something wrong with his and that he still yeah. remembers what's happened so he it's even worse for him now because he knows what he's doing but he's going along with it yeah 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 okay yeah interesting i might have to go back and rewatch, um see what i think but I remember, you know, I watched the end and obviously didn't catch the derelict housing bit, but I, I, as I said, I it's thought he just, yeah, I thought he'd kind of given up on the war and wanted to live with his crime and, and not carry on doing what he was doing. It happens very quick because it's a lot less bright and you do see like graffiti in that on the side of the house. Um, it, it's very quick. So I think that that is what's happened. He doesn't want to live with the thought of seeing that crime over and over and over again. So they, they'll, they're keeping him in the army, but the tear makes me think that well it doesn't make me think it's quite clear he knows that something isn't up so yeah so that's the episode itself so what what's your view on this as an episode um i i like i i like my opinion of it is i i liked it but not as much as some of the others 
like I said, I I found the element where he was describing human empathy really interesting and kind of you know said along the lines, it's quite nice really, but humans don't like killing each other. Um, mm. And, I, and I, that that bit he explained, I thought was fascinating, and it make it makes me want to go and read up on on that psychology because I, I never realised that about the wars and how people would shoot to miss and would be too scared to shoot a rifle. And we obviously know about PTSD and how people get affected by this stuff, but I don't think we knew about the reluctance and the whole concept of dehumanising. It's not even the enemy, is it? It's the innocent. Because I think we're, we're led to believe that these these group of people that they've, they've turned into roaches are kind of like the innocent mothers and, and children almost. Well, this is the thing I had... Partly my criticism will be in, in my score is that, yeah, in this case, the quotes enemy unquote is people that, you know, they said they're after them because they're inherently more susceptible to cancers. They're, they've got lower IQ. They're more susceptible to crime and deviances. So they're, they're kind of after them for that. And, and I, well, I guess I'll say it now then this is my issue with it was because they were talking about being better fighters and, going after the enemy but in this instance they aren't you know they they wouldn't be the enemy in any kind of war if you know what i mean or, or, or battle yeah. so it kind of negates everything that he was just saying so it, it's yeah. almost like if it was a battle or part of a war i think it would have had more of an impact yeah or would have rated better for me i think sorry i, I think it's well, obviously I, I, I think that's, I think yeah, I think it's done it deliberately for the shock factor, isn't it? Is you know, deliberately made you know the roaches have kind of come out. There's a few women, there's a few children, and men who obviously aren't soldiers. And I, I just think there was an element of making them seem as innocent as possible to make it all that more shocking. Um, what what's happening? And it is interesting how you, you know you dehumanize something to the fact that it's a monster. How it's now so much more possible to kill someone and, and be okay with it. And, you know, that psychiatry session where he said, I didn't feel any emotion. And that's partly because what he saw himself as killing is, was not a human or anything that's worth being alive. So I, I found that bit fascinating. I just found it quite interesting how the human brain works. And I think he's right. I think he's got it spot on. I think that's exactly what would happen. I get it was going for the shock factor, but I think it didn't work for me because I think the shock was too obvious then in that fact. I think it would have been even more impactful if it was a combative enemy and they still needed that to be able to take them on. I think the shock for me in this instance was ultimately a bit, yeah, I think it's more predictable than than if it had been combatants. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Where did, where did the sniper come from? Do you know she no, got I, killed by a sniper? Who, I think who you fired, well. uh, It's roaches in it. that building. It was a roach. You know the build, well, the so-called roaches, sorry, when they, they went into that building. So, but none of them looked were, like they were, yeah, none of them looked like they were soldier trained or being able to handle something no, but like one, a, I think there is a quick scene where you see one of them in the window with a gun. He, he, right, he okay. was, yeah. If we focus on the tech side of things, though, the actual thing itself, you, you spot on, it's very similar to, to ones we saw in the entire history of you, but it's it's an incredibly like, potentially like scary... In, Instagram filters taken to the next level, to war mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Snapchat it is, filters, sorry. 
Yeah, but it is incredibly scary concept, isn't it? That that feels like if you were able to do that, I mean, you are yeah, you are changing the perception of everything that person sees, and that's how you control them, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, and it is. And the other thing I found quite interesting is the whole memory wipe thing. So he'd obviously got to a point where he's in the army, but it felt like he wouldn't even remember why he's there. Like he sounds mm-hmm. like seems like so suddenly one day he would just wake up and he'd be in the army and that's who he is. And that almost feels a little bit robotic, dehumanised as it is, because you're kind of, you've wiped out the human element of growing up and he's just there. And that that felt a bit weird for me. Well, there are ultimately playthings now, because like I said, I'm sure I read somewhere that the the erotic dreams he was having were being implanted by them. So that's what all the others were having. So it was like this reward system. And it's like, they're not even then sleeping because they're forcing them to sleep they're forcing them to dream they are basically they are robots i think they're, yeah. they're controlled robots like you said um i think that's a perfect perfect uh analogy and that and maybe that's what they're suggesting that you know you know if there are well, i guess in in wartime and things like that they'll get to a point where it is going to be more like this right but people don't the the empathy bit in the the human bit is the weakness of any soldier, isn't it? Is it, you need someone who's cold and ruthless, and you've got to almost wipe out the human bit, and that's obviously what we've done with a tech in this episode. Well, I think what we would be looking at is if people are signing up for the military. I'm not saying they still wouldn't be empathetic, but they sign up for it. But this, can you imagine in a world where you're being forced to maybe go into the military? If you're just somebody who one day is working a job and the next day you're told, right, you've got a fight, this yeah. would be what you would have because you wouldn't be wanting to go anywhere near that kind of thing. So it would be used to turn, quotes again, ordinary people into military units. Yeah, That's where they would target it. It's, it's an interesting episode. Just to go back on what you were saying, though, about those stats, it was incredible and yeah, I wondered if it was just something they were saying or true, but it is true. So the basis of the episode, so again, it was written by Charlie Brooker and it was originally called Inbound. And the first draft was inspired by a 2010 documentary called The War You Don't See, which featured stories from victims of the Iraq war. In this version, an attack on Britain appeared to be from an alien force, but was later revealed to be an invasion by Norway. The script was... <laughs> <laughs> which is is a change it's, it's, just, it? it's just it's just funny the way you said it alien force to norway it's like how do you where, where's the link <laughs> it was the second script pitched in 2010 for the first series of black mirror but was rejected at the time so this should have been a first series episode now it's this bit here this it was influenced by the book a book called men against fire the problem of battle command by sla marshall and on killing by dave grossman so like I said, there is this book, The Men Against Fire is an actual book. I think it was, I'm not sure if it was written in 1947, but this is where Marshall claims that during World War II, over 70% of soldiers did not fire their rifles, even under a, under immediate threat. And most of those who did, did so above the enemy's head. So that is all true. That is all out there to read yeah. in that book. So it's incredible, really, isn't it? It's incredible. And it's also sad that it's, it's going the other way or gone the other way. Yeah, Easter Eggs, I only picked up the one, and I think that's the only one that was written. So it was that song. So, uh, basically, from now on, if they're ever singing a song, I'm just going to assume it's that song. <laughs> yeah. 
then I've got some thoughts, and the only thought because we, again we kind of dis- discussed it. What again? One of the criticisms for me, I just didn't like the, the episode was was quite dreary, and it's very. Um, it feels like there are a lot of programs or films set in that kind of world or that kind of environment that look exactly the same. It's very grey. Do you know what I mean? Very dreary, very colourless. I guess that's that's on that's on purpose, isn't it? To make it feel like a war torn type world. But yeah, I get what you mean. It's and I don't know if, I don't know if you realise, but when um when he you know when he smelt that grass and you could tell that the mask was was beginning to slip. Don't know if you realise, but a few things started to appear in colour around him, and there was definitely oh, like a bleeding. There was a bit of bleed. Well, I hope I'm not making it up, but I felt like there was a bit of bleeding through of colour from various different aspects. Well, that would be that would be good. I, yeah, I might. I'll go pick that up again because I, I I did remember thinking that the grass was very did stand out on the screen. Yeah. So yeah. So if you go back and watch it, and it's true. It's fine. If you realise I'm wrong, just edit I'll this bit out. out so I don't look like. Yeah, don't look like an idiot. <laughs> Leave it with me, Dan. You can trust me. <laughs> and then looking at critics, apparently critics, this received a very mixed, uh, very mixed response. Yeah, it's, it's got it here. Um, one one critic said that the ending in which Stripe appears to come home to a beautiful house and fiance, but then the house is empty, can be interpreted in different ways. Someone suggested an interpretation where he chooses to keep his memories, but enable the mass system so he knows his vision is a lie. So how, how how do you feel like you would end it? So in that situation where he's been given the choice to kind of wipe the last few days or to kind of live with that memory and the, the, the pain and the grief of it, how do you how do you feel it could have ended, should have ended? Well, how it should have ended or what it would do. The, the, the problem is he wasn't given the option of just, you know, if he was thrown into a cell, that's one thing. But the inference was that, they were going to put him in a cell and replay that over and over and over again to him. Yeah. And you couldn't take that. That would destroy you. So yeah. if it's that or to have it or reset, it, you'd have to, I think. Well, you'd, you'd go with the ignorance in, in the risk of it. You could carry on killing innocent humans. This is the thing, though. What we've seen at the end is that he still remembers. So that's why I think I said to you is it's almost worse than him reliving that memory because he will relive that memory just physically every time so no i what i'm saying to you is if it was a choice between and you see how i've turned it around if it was um the choice of being forced to rewatch it constantly or having it reset where you didn't remember and you there was no way the memories would come back what would you go for because the thing is you know you could tell he was distraught he was so upset when he knew what he'd done yeah. And they were just going to keep playing that back to him. Okay, so a new a new option for you. I'm changing the script. <laughs> no, no, you have to. You've got to uh, but, it. but a new option. So he gives him the option of ignorance. So he can go back to what he was doing in the army um, and carry on the life he was. He would just have the last few days wiped out. Or option B is he goes he goes back, retires from the army, and goes back home. But at night when he's sleeping, he dreams of the images of of what of what's happened and kind of living it with it that way. So I'd want to I'd want to I'd want to not take part in it again. I, I'd even say take the take the punishment. Lock me up. Lock, lock me up. But yeah, live with what I've, I've done. But not replay it to me. That's the thing. That's the yeah. It's like you said. I think the key thing here is, and again, obviously for people watching it, if you haven't watched it. 
it is a really brutal scene, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think you. I think I don't think you could in any way you could go back. I think you'd have to take the crime, take 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 the punishment of of what's happened. I wouldn't go backwards and reset because I think I think ignorance is bliss is a bit. I think it's avoidance of of what's happening because you know he goes back in he, he continues killing innocent people and I just don't think you can choose that I think you have to live for punishment yourself and keep your hands clean from now on but live with what you've done yeah, even if I, it is brutal punishment like, like I said I think I would I'd be you know lock me up kind of thing but I don't know I think would destroy you if they kept it probably would it. and you you would probably end up it's getting a bit dark now, but you'd probably end yeah. up doing something stupid, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, th- I think I would still take that over killing more people. My issue with that, right, is if it is so good, this technology, and it's only him that it's it's the problem with, and part of the reason is because of this thing they've uh, invented. Why can't they totally wipe his mind out and send him home? Because that's not even an option. He's still served, right? It's not like he's a threat to him yeah. anymore, isn't it? Yeah. So that, yeah. yeah, you're right. That would be almost be a better ending, wouldn't it? Because he's no threat. He's served them. It's just that their technology has failed. And yeah. that's not that his fault. Be, that would be the preferred option number A, is, or, or letter A, sorry, is wipe yeah. him and send him back. B would be lock you up. Absolutely, yeah. because like I said, you know, there's there's no way. But the the fact is, at the moment, he's got the worst of it. He has yeah. got the worst of it. So he's going to continue doing what he he doesn't want to do, while knowing. So at that point, why doesn't he say lock me up then? Yeah, because yeah. you know, it's a difficult one. Uh, well, as in a, this is a difficult episode. Yeah. The only other thing I've got on this is there. Apparently, there was an article, and I didn't have a chance to look it up looking at what this what this could be like in the real world apparently there is a place called applied research associates have got a product called arc 4 and it's an augmented reality headset designed for soldiers whilst another lab somewhere has an app and earpiece translation tool designed for conversation and a product in development which claims it will be able to induce lucid dreaming so you know not far away is it Jurassic Park? Just because we can do something doesn't mean we should. Do you know what yeah, I mean? That's purely fictional. Well. <laughs> well uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Watch your space, watch your space. So, yeah. Like... It, 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 saying that, that, that is an interesting phrase, isn't it? Because I think over the next sort of 50 or so years, there is going to be a lot of delving into areas that the human race doesn't really understand. But we're going to do it anyway, and like, you can kind of see it, can't you? And we always already say that like the mobile phone is too stimulating for what the brain can handle, um, and that's why people get addicted to it and can't get off it and things like that. And that's just the mobile phone, and we're getting to a, it's going to go far beyond that. It's funny because that you say that because last night there was an ad on TV, and it was just after I watched this episode. It was for the new. Google, uh, one maybe the new Google phone. No, is it Google or Samsung? But there's an advert out at the moment where these these people are taking a selfie and they're all looking really moody. But with yeah. this phone or with this app, you can then make everyone smile. So instead of so, if you take a picture of someone and someone's not smiling, you can do it. And I'm thinking, so what you're going to see now is pictures of 
either politicians or celebrities somewhere, maybe a, a funeral or something, and they're going to put that on, and people are going to they, they, there's yeah. a picture going to go on social media and say, look, they're at a funeral and this celebrity's laughing or this politician's laughing, and yeah. people on a lot, the majority of people on social media they don't fact check, they just see no, it. No, of course they, they don't. Of course they don't. The thing is, fo- a photo used to be proof, and it's yeah. going to get to a stage where it's not proof anymore. It's going to be like a cartoon. It's going to be just as fictional as a cartoon is. And now, I've uh, gone off right at the far end with that example of could it like a politician at a funeral or a, a ceremony or something. But what is the need? If somebody's moody in a photo, they're moody. They don't want to be smiling. So what? what is yeah. the need of that functionality? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Why? Why? Yeah, it's it's worrying, I think. And, you know, we've got brunch into new topics now, but the way that technology's going and, like, you know, you you watch films like Terminator, however long ago it was, right, where they talked about AI and taking over the world and stuff like that. And now we've got AI being introduced and you're like, it's pretty powerful. Like, how far off is it before it becomes self-aware? Well, it's just like these things. The only thing I can think of is they're a selling point. Someone's going to get it. They're going to play with that functionality for 10 minutes, then get bored with it. Whereas the people who, who are out there to scam, they know exactly what they're already yeah. working out. What can we do to extort money out of people? You know, yeah, it's, it's that shut up and it? dance. It's a, it's, a, it's a shut up and dancing, come, potentially coming to life with scamming people who haven't done yeah. anything. You know, it's... But yeah, but yeah, well, this exactly. this was a cheery episode. So we both said ultimately we'd want to get locked up if this was us. Lock us up, throw away I, the that's key. Because I, that's because I think we're good people. We can discuss our real answer when we come off. <laughs> I'm obviously joking. Um, but it, yeah, I just, I, I'd rather live with the guilt than do it again. I just, yeah, yeah. every time. And and that's what, and, and just my last thing on it, that's what makes... Again, I think he acted that really well, didn't he? I mean, we've we've called that out a lot of times in a lot of episodes, but I think he played that role perfectly. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're getting to the key bit. What's your score? So I've got two elements I want to say about this. Is I didn't really enjoy this episode, but I really enjoyed that. I say enjoyed. I really found it interesting that scene where he's talking to the psychiatrist at the end and, and the big reveal. I would put that as probably the best reveal in, in the series so far. So I'm going to balance it out and give it a six. Now, I'm going to tell you what, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go dead middle. I'm going to go five. Um, because you're going to go I, middle. I, so what I see, you were going to give it a four or a six, were you? I was going to give it a four or six. The, I think as an over... Go for five because yeah, I want to give uh, it a six. You're going to give it a six. Yeah, because... Because I think if, if that scene, that reveal scene wasn't in there, I'd probably be close to three or four. Um, but I think that that reveal does bump it up. So I'm going to get I'm going to give it a five because that reveal is probably one of the best moments. Actually, I think mine might be a five. And again, five makes it sound like we didn't like the episode or I didn't like the episode. Like you, I think it was an interesting episode. It's very thought provoking. I think in a, in a podcast that's that's lasted an hour we barely touched the surface, I think, of, of some of the conversations yeah. you can have into the rights and wrongs of it. I agree with you. I think when you say you enjoy it, I, I know what you mean. It's it's a fascinating reveal. It's so intriguing when you realise it's based in truth. It's that which then you say, right, you understand why these the authorities in this world have done what they've done. I think that's, that's it. You start piecing all the pictures together. As the rest of the episode, I just 
kind of didn't like it. I think I thought he was really good. I thought him and the, the psychiatrist played their parts brilliantly. I think the rest of the episode, like I said, I didn't like how it was. It looked quite generic. I think, you know, sometimes when you come out of watching a film where you can say, I didn't enjoy it, I kind of liked it, but I'm never going to watch it again, or I really liked it, I'm going to watch it again. It falls in that middle camp. It's like, I kind of get through, got through it and it was okay, but I'm never watching an episode again. Whereas a lot of the other episodes I, I could easily watch again. It's very much a Black Mirror episode, isn't it? Yeah. In what it's doing. I don't think it's a terrible episode. I just... Part of it now is it's it's difficult for us now because now we're getting to where we're getting. It, we, it's just the fact that we know there are better episodes that we've yeah. done before it, and so yeah. it's like, this is when you're given a score for something, it becomes hard, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think I've enjoyed talking about it more than I enjoyed watching it. <laughs> I think it's, it's my uh, my love part of nine. This it? is it. I think yeah, uh, it's coming coming to speak to you about it is what it's all about, isn't it? Is, yeah. Uh, is it... Right. Okay. Well. So what, what next... did you give it? You, you kind of five. No, I, it. no, I gave it you five as five. well in the end. I, ch- okay. I changed. I was thinking last night. I had five, six, seven in my head. Five, six, seven. Then I thought, no, seven's too high. And when I looked at my previous scores, I realised I'd given Shut Up and Dance seven. And I thought, well, yeah, I, that's, I that's a, a lot better that. episode. Yeah. And yeah, in the end, five, which is weird because that's the same score as I've given. Oh, and and you, you as well, is the same score we gave to fifteen million credits. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I can, I'll put it on a par with that. Saying that, I think I've, I think I enjoyed this one a little bit more than fifteen million credits. So, but well, let's, let's keep it the back. same. Yeah, can't go. Do back. You know what? In in about six years, we'll remaster <laughs> these episodes. We'll do them again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because something, something we should have said at the start. What you know, we found out this week that it's been commissioned for a seventh series, hasn't it? So yeah, yeah. So you've got us for a few more episodes. <laughs> a few more years. Yeah. Um, the next episode, oh, it's going to be you. It's going to be the last episode of series six, um, Hated in the Nation, which again, I don't... I don't remember it, but it sounds like another positive episode, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the name of it doesn't do anything for me in terms of remembering it. So For Netflix, like icon of it is almost like someone in a position of power doing a speech. So I don't know if it's like a politics type one. Don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's really weird because... The next series then is is a series I really remember watching. Now maybe it's because it's more recent in terms in terms of the wider thing. I'm just looking series four. I don't even remember series five. Anyway, we're going really off off tangent here. So before we, we'll carry this conversation on after we press uh, stop. So is there anything else you wanted to say before we stop? Uh, no, not for me. Just thank you again, and see you next time. I just want to shout out to the Seismic Cinema guys. Thank you for lending us Colin last week or last episode. And yep, we will see you in the next episode when Dan will be taking you through Hated in a Nation. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need it, don't make us get